morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to this special service. As you'll see, we're uh, doing something very different this morning, and it will involve all of us from the very youngest to the very oldest. So just listen out, and Katrina will guide us through this service. But the words of all the hymns, as usual, are on our printed order of service, but not today on the screen. This evening at 6.30pm, evening worship will be a candlelight service just around the corner in Kelvinside Hill Head Church. Just notice that change of time. Thank you. Today's service is completely unrehearsed, just as the first Christmas was completely unrehearsed. Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, Herod, the wise ones, none of them had a clue what was going to happen. There's lots of participation and the children and young people will be taking part at various points and I, if necessary, come in, I will call them out, right? I need some seats, please. Thank you very much, girls. You're fabulous. The service will, after this um, little announcement, proceed with no further announcements. Uh, There's one there, Ken. So whilst the chaos begins, I'm going to hand over to Freya and Sarah. And as I say, thereafter, the service will proceed without any further announcement. Just when life seems cosy and comfortably predictable... Angels appear unexpectedly and point us in directions we would not have chosen. Just when we have reached the point of comforting assurance in our respectability, angels appear unexpectedly and pose uncomfortable questions we would not have chosen to face. And when we have followed the pointings of angels and answered their disquieting questions and we feel that things cannot get any worse. Angels appear unexpectedly and remind us that all shall be well and all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. For the God of love works good in all who fear him. The God of love
Today we light the third Advent candle, the candle of joy. In the height of our Advent walk, grant us the courage to experience joy. Joy in the face of apathy, joy in the face of sorrow, and joy in the face of uncertainty. Amen. Let us come to God in prayer. And at the end of this prayer, we will join together in many languages and many verses with people around the world to pray for God's kingdom. (coughs) Well, God, there's only a week left to go. The last posting date is almost upon us. Deliveries guaranteed in time for Christmas, are fast disappearing. And at last, at the last minute, when it's almost too late, comes a request for that must-have thing. It can all become horribly overwhelming, sucking the joy from our souls, leaving us tired and grumpy. And it's like that for us, How must it be for you? After all, you chose to enter our world unobserved, without the need for a fanfare or a festival, simply because you love us and you love all creation so much that to save us from our wanton greed and self-destructive tendencies you were born as a little baby in a borrowed room in a back street in Bethlehem. 
pretty much the back of beyond. So, as we come together today to celebrate and sing, to share and to reflect, help us to remember what it is that draws us here, why we gather, and where our true hope lies as we join together in the prayer Jesus taught his followers, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Questions for angels. Of all the questions you might want to ask about angels, the only one you ever hear is how many can dance on the head of a pin? No curiosity about how they pass the eternal time besides circling the throne chanting in Latin or delivering a crust of bread to a hermit on earth or guiding a boy and girl across a rickety wooden bridge. Do they fly through God's body and come out singing? Do they swing like children from the hinges of the spirit world, seeing their names backwards and forwards? Do they sit alone in little gardens, changing colours? What about their sleeping habits? The fabric of their robes? Their diet of unfiltered divine light? What goes on inside their luminous heads? Is there a wall these tall presences can look over and see hell? If an angel fell off a cloud, would he leave a hole in a river and would the hole float along endlessly, filled with silent letters of every angelic word? If an angel delivered the mail, would he arrive in a blinding rush of wings or would he just assume the appearance of a regular mailman and whistle up the driveway reading the postcards? No, the medieval theologians control the court. The only question you ever hear is about the little dance floor on the head of a pin where halos are meant to converge and drift invisibly. It is designed to make us think in millions, billions, to make us run out of numbers and collapse into infinity. But perhaps the answer is simply one. One female angel dancing alone in her stocking feet, a small jazz combo working in the background. She sways like a branch in the wind, her beautiful eyes closed, and a tall, thin bassist leans over to glance at his watch because she has been dancing forever, and now it is very late, even for musicians.
You are sitting on a bus, an ordinary single-decker bus, going on an ordinary journey to your home or to a friend's home. There are only another three people in the bus, a woman with two children sitting near the front. It is about four o'clock in the afternoon. It's a dull day, and this makes you glad to be in the warmth. You are enjoying the journey, daydreaming, looking out of the window, not being disturbed by anyone or anything. The bus stops, and out get the mother and two children. The bus waits, and then comes an old woman, not very tall, wrapped up against the cold dampness of the day. In her arms, she is carrying a bundle of something or other. You can't quite see it until she pays her fare and comes up the bus, intending to sit across the passage from you. You look at her closely as she makes to sit down. Her coat, her hat, her boots. She's quite stout. And she... I did not write this. (laughs) Authorised version. She has grey hair. And under her arm, she carries a bundle of newspapers. Evening newspapers. She looks around and sees you staring at her. She says, and you say, hello, back. As you look at her, you see that she has a round face, weather-beaten, with two small, <laughs> piercing blue <laughs> eyes, oh, but well. a smiling face. She keeps looking at you, smiling. You feel you should say something, but you don't know what. Then you nod at the bunch of newspapers under her arm. Assuming her to be a street vendor, you say, is that your full-time job? Oh, no. This is just a very small part of my job. So, what do you do, you ask? And she smiles and, I mean, what are you? Well, I'm an angel. (laughs) And you feel you want to snigger. You turn your head away to look out the window. Then you look back and say quickly, you're a what? I am an angel. (laughs) You say, no, you're not. Says you, have you seen an angel before? You reply, no, but... No, but, no, but. You haven't seen an angel before, so you wouldn't know one if you saw one. 
Sometimes angels appear as wrestlers, fast movers, quick talkers, ministers. Sometimes they get dressed up as lollipop men, directing traffic, hurrying people along. And sometimes they appear like old newspaper sailors, all grey-haired and bundled up against the cold. We don't always wear fluffy wings and shiny halos, you know. And besides, can you imagine the wings necessary to hoist me up off the ground? <laughs> you can hardly speak. But then you ask, what are you doing here? Well, I'm doing what angels normally do. I'm bringing a message. Who for, you ask? Yes, for you. For me? But who from? Who would it be from? From God. And while you stare in total disbelief, the old woman puts her hand in her coat pocket and brings out an envelope. Is this your name? And she shows you the envelope with which you see the name written. Your first name, in clear handwriting. Yes, you answer. Then it's for you. What's it about, you ask? And she says... It's the one thing you always forget. And the one thing you'll need to remember if you're going to get anywhere in life. Pardon? It's the one thing you always forget and the one thing you'll need to remember if you're going to get anywhere in life. Do you know what it says, you ask? Yes, and maybe so do you. She stretches out her hand, gives you the envelope with your name on the front, you accept it and look at it in total confusion. You want to pinch yourself to make sure that it's true. You look up again at the old woman, but she's not there. The bus hasn't stopped, it's still moving, but she's not there. So you've been having a daydream. And then you look around, and there is still the blue envelope, the white envelope in your, with your name, and in it a message from God. Something that you always forget. And you begin to wonder what it might be. What is it you always forget? Has it to do with your prayers? Has it to do with the church? Has it to do with the person you keep criticizing? Has it to do with some habit you know you have to kick? What is it you always forget? You begin to get scared. Your hands shake a bit. If God knows everything, then what is written inside might be quite devastating. You look at the envelope again, and you tug at the corner until it opens. You put your finger inside and take out the card, a white card. The side you look at has nothing on it. 
the message must be on the other side. The thing you always forget. <coughs> the thing you need to remember. You turn the card over. And there are four words in clear handwriting. I, God, love you. Is this what you forget? Is this what you have to remember? You look again. I, God, love you. I wonder if Aidan and Carl and Bonnie and Esther could come and help me, please. I have, hopefully, got four bags. <coughs> I do have four bags. And I'd like each one of you to take one of these bags for me. <coughs> Bonnie, would you like to come and help? Thank you. Hold one of these bags. And I'm just going to show you from Esther's bag what's in the bags. In each of these bags are some white envelopes. And the children are going to come and bring the bags round. <coughs> you are invited to take one envelope from their bag and just hold it. So boys, would you like to start at the back at either side? And if Esther, you start down there with Paul. Bonnie, do you want to come and come with me? And we'll go and start with Jen. And we want to get everybody to have an envelope, whatever age they are. <coughs> you've got one for yourself before you go back to sit down. I'll just have the bags back for a little bit. <coughs> Thank you very much, Bonnie and everybody else. So these messages will be posted out sometime in January when we all need a cheer-up. And if you would like to take one at the end of the service to give to a friend to cheer them up, my printer went a bit bonkers, so we have loads of spares. <laughs>
Joseph what the angel had said, but Caesar Augustus had called a census, so they had to go to Bethlehem to register. When they got there, there was nowhere to stay, as there were so many people to be counted. Eventually, they found an innkeeper who would let them use their stable. In there, she had her baby, called him Jesus, and laid him in a manger. Meanwhile, in fields nearby, shepherds were keeping watch over their flocks. An angel appeared to them, and they were terrified. She told them, I bring you news of great joy. Today in Bethlehem, a saviour has been born, and you will find him lying in a manger. They decided to go to Bethlehem to find this miracle baby, where they found him in the stable in the manger, like the angel had said. Sometime later, more people arrived. These were magi, wise men who studied the skies. They had seen a bright star which guided them to this stable. They knew the star showed a very important person, and so they brought gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. They all gathered around the manger in the dirty stable and worshipped the Son of God.
Hopefully, when you came in, you would have found stuck to your order of service a purple angel. We're going to use these purple angels as our prayers this morning. And over the next few moments, you're invited, if you would like to, to either write or draw or symbolise in some way a prayer, or to leave the angel completely blank. It doesn't have to have a written prayer or symbolised prayer at all. And when you're ready to take up your angel and add it to the tiny host we have at the back, if you can't walk, I'm sure somebody else can take it up for you. If you press them firmly, they do stick to the board. So we pray with our eyes open and with our angels. offer our prayers and we offer our gifts of money in the name of the Christ child. Amen. Now when you came in you may have noticed that we have rather a lot of angels. We actually have 100 angels that have been knitted by an amazing small team of people from our church And I would just like to say a huge, huge thank you to Margaret, to Joan and to Katrina who knitted these angels. They are truly spectacular 
and a wonderful thing. We also... Thank you. We also have some other angels, and this is where it's all going to get extremely complicated, but we will manage. And these were suggested to us by Sheila. These are made by a charity in... Check it on the back so I get it right. Mongolia. So Mongolian Christians, a charity called Mary and Martha that works to rehabilitate people with alcohol addictions. So we have one of these angels per household for you to take away and keep. Now, because that gets a bit confusing if you're not very big as to who's in one household and who's not, I'm going to ask Freya and Sarah if you would hand these out one per family, I trust you. Um, there are a couple that have got broken wings, um, so just watch for those. And if you get one that's got no wings, give another one. But one per household. We don't have enough of them to go any wider than that. So if you girls would come and do that, that would be fantastic. And I'll, I'll trust the grown-ups, to be honest with you, and say, yep, we're in the, we live in the same house. Do you want to start maybe over there and just work your way around? This is where you have to listen very carefully because the other thing we're going to do is to give every single person one of our knitted angels. One each. You can't have two. You can't have none. You can't have any number other than one. And you can't keep it. We give you this angel with a little message on it. And the idea is that you give this to a neighbour or a friend who you think you would like to bless this Christmas. We've got a hundred angels, so whatever ones don't go during this service, after the service, I'm taking them out to the shops on Byers Road to drop them off for people to find. Because we want to bless this community this Christmas with the gift of God's angels. So I wonder if the other younger Sunday school children would like to come and start giving out... The, these knitted angels to everybody and they just get the one they're given so anybody who'd like to come and help give out angels please do and the pandemonium will begin so any spare angels just fly them back to the table and I will take them out into the streets of Glasgow So this angel will fly off via you as our angels, our messengers of hope and love and joy and peace, and bring that gift to somebody else that you know and love. So now comes the last of the thank yous. I want to say a huge thank you to Emma, who has worked very hard with me to plan this service She's also the creative one who does the art. Um, I can just about paint, but Emma and Drew, I think Drew was helping us out as well by making us lots of cups of tea, so that was really, really important. So thank you very much to Drew and Emma. Thank you to the choir and to Paul for your music. It's really been beautiful and added to 
our service. Thank you to everybody who's in the Sunday school. Whatever age you are, you have made this service very, very special. But just before we finish today's service, I have a very special thank you to say, to say to one person who is stepping down from being a leader in Sunday school after a very long time, at least 10 years non-stop, and possibly as much as twice of that on and off. It's a very great privilege to say thank you to Elaine for her hard work, and we just have a little tiny gift for you. And last but not least, thank you to everybody for making our service so wonderful. So we close with our final carol and blessing. Thanks, Paul. season we read the stories which tell us that you have done it before because we in different ways still deal with the hope and disappointment faith and fear God send us an angel who will soothe our soul 
when the world wearies us, when we seem to walk on a treadmill, but really need to dance on a trampoline. God, send us an angel who will spur our steps. When life seems to throw at us the opposite of what we want, when we find ourselves asking, how will I cope? How will they manage? God, send us an angel who will challenge our goals. When we cannot see beyond the hurdles in our way, and the past seems a safer place than the future. God, send us an angel who will direct our path. And may the God of love, the hope of the Christ child, and the song of the angels surround us and fill us now and always. Oh.